on May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. Visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Tuesday, May 2nd, May 2nd, think about that for a second, 2023, I am Dan Rubin, this is the Bucknuts Morning Morning 5 and Change, joined by Steve Hellwagon as C. Wiltfong tends to drift during the non-recruiting months, but that's okay. We've got plenty to talk about, the new roster, the transfer portal closing up, the draft, basketball offers everywhere, Steve, it's gray outside, so it must be May in Ohio. Yeah, the uh, hopefully, as I said before we started, this is the last day of winter. It's only going to get up to about 43 here in Columbus today. It's supposed to – I was supposed to play golf with my dad, who's 80 years old. Uh, cold for those bones. Yes, cold. Yes, he says if it's below about 55, he ain't going out. So, you know, obviously we called this off three days ago, so we moved it to Friday. But, uh, yeah, um, hopefully this will be the end of that and uh, – yeah, it, uh, we're, we're ready. You know, it is the beginning of May, so we've made it through four months of this year. And OSU last played on or about the 1st or December 31st of last year. And there'll be four more full months, what, May, June, July, August, until they'll play again beginning of September. So we are halfway through the offseason, Dan. We made it halfway. How about that? And it might even be warm in August. Uh, yeah, I don't even know anymore. I know it will be, but I can't convince my brain. <laughs> my memories of my childhood, May was warm. I'm just telling you, it's like uh, I don't, I don't know what's going on. But um, let's talk about. Uh, let's kind of bring things front and center here. The most recent uh, transfer portal has closed, so this is pretty much your roster, ladies and gentlemen. What you see at Ohio State now, um, for the most part, every there's. I don't think there's ever going to be a time in college football under the current climate. I put that in air quotes where your roster is going to be completely set. But uh, for now, it does appear that Ohio state has things settled this past weekend. The big domino to fall was the acquisition or the addition of Josh Simmons, a what looks to be right tackle from San Diego state. Very nice pickup for Justin Fry there calling back on his 
California roots developed out in uh, his time with UCLA and Chip Kelly. How do you see the roster now? Do you see any other major holes? Where do you see the major battles now for starting positions, given we think we have who we'll have uh, when Indiana comes calling or we go going there? I can't remember. Yeah, it's at Indiana. Um, yeah, I, I think that the roster is pretty well set, at least of guys who are going to play uh, in 2023. I think uh, Simmons comes in and, and will be potentially uh, like the Rutgers transfer they had a few years ago on the offensive line, a guy that can come in and compete right away for a starting job, either at right tackle or left tackle, uh, redshirted, and then played one season at San Diego State. So he's got three years of eligibility left. And at worst, uh, what I thought, uh, I mean, he, he's got the, the ability, I think, to play guard or tackle at the Big Ten level. Uh, so if it doesn't work out for him at tackle, don't rule out the fact that he could start, you know, perhaps next season at guard, because you're going to lose probably both of your guards, Donovan Jackson and Matthew Jones. So my guess is that's probably the fallback position that they use to, uh, say, okay, if you don't play, you know, you could very well be our number one offensive lineman off the bench, either at guard or tackle and uh, still get to play quite a bit, as we've seen. They play a sixth guy quite a bit, even in some jumbo packages. So to me, I think that was uh, very impressive that they were able to fill that need. I don't see another glaring need on this team right now. Uh, They're bringing in Lorenzo Styles, which I think is going to be difficult for him to learn a new position and compete for playing time right away. It, It just seems... I mean, I know he's a great athlete, and we'll see how it all works out, but they've got three pretty good corners right now with uh, Denzel Burke, Davison Igbenosin, and Jordan Hancock, and Jair Brown as well. So he's going to be swimming upstream just to get into the two deep, so that'll be interesting. Uh, I know that uh, Chris Hummer reported that uh, from 24-7 reported that Jalen Key is a safety transfer that uh, may come in for a visit uh, here. He's from uh, Alabama, Birmingham. So we'll see how that goes. I didn't really think that safety was that big of a need, although you play three of them. Maybe you do need some depth there. You're counting on guys like Court Williams and some other guys coming back to be in the two deep. So we'll see, you know, how that all shakes out and if he does ultimately decide to pick Ohio State. But, uh, yeah, I think as of right now, we have him two scholarships over if you're counting Styles as a scholarship player, which I would think you would. I don't know why what, what the what the lure is for him to come to Ohio State and pay his own way other than the fact he's a resident and it'll cost a little bit less than uh, for him to – being out of state. Uh, not as cheap as you think, by the way. I got a high school senior. Yeah, it's not as cheap as you think. Definitely. I've got a daughter at Miami and two recent Ohio State graduates and uh, the, the college uh, college loan debt uh, to, to show for it. So, yeah, at uh, any rate, uh, it's going to be uh, – I think this is the team that's moving forward, and I can't find a lot of weaknesses on this team. I think uh, – you know, we, we were talking off air about the, the top 25 that the 24-7 put out. Ohio State sitting at number three, a playoff team, and I think fully deserving of that. And we will definitely get to that in a little bit because there's some stuff in there that doesn't make sense. Far be it from 24-7 to generate page views with a headline, but um, 
<laughs> we're not guilty of that at all here. I will no. say this about I really uh, credit Ohio State for their transfer portal approach. This is what I was hoping how they would go about it. If you look at some of the other programs, um, let's just compare them to Alabama. Alabama tends to go after guys who have flamed out at another program. For example, they've gone to Georgia. I'm not saying Jamison Williams flamed out here, but he was not going to he wasn't going to start over Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. If you look at the guys that Ohio State has added, the main transfers, they're going after guys who have multiple years of eligibility left and come from just one level down a program, meaning you got Ole Miss, Syracuse, San Diego State. Those teams are going to essentially serve as the minor league for Ohio State now, and they can go in and handpick starters like Davis and Igbenosin and Josh Simmons were cornerstone pieces of those programs. Um, it wasn't like they're going into a guy who was super highly recruited at, let's say, Notre Dame, for example. And I, I put Lorenzo in quotes there. So I really like their approach. I think it's going to work out beautifully for them going forward. And I also think those guys coming into the roster, maybe without the super fanfare, I think maybe eases the transition. Super high-profile transfers can hurt a locker room if you're not a quarterback because guys get tweaked out a little bit. It's hard enough to make the team here as a regular player as we see wide receivers transfer out now that they see younger guys who are pushing them out. So I'm very happy with their approach so far because I do think there was some question at the beginning on how they'd approach the portal relative to the NIL and stuff like that. So they've done a real nice job. And uh, we can credit that. Uh, let's address these two things. One, a lot of questions on the scholarship crunch. And maybe you can address that. But first, Taiwan Malone, uh, Mika Hanna, one of my guys asked. He visited this past weekend. We talked about this uh, on Monday show with Dave. He is still considering two other schools. He's going to visit Miami. Um, keep, he's also considering going back to Ole Miss. Keep in mind, Taiwan's a little bit different because he's a baseball player. That's going to affect his transfer status in some way. Uh, we will do some research on that because the window should be closed for him. But he is considering Miami and um, Ohio State and Miami and Mississippi still. But uh, the baseball factor for Miami could eventually, and the NIL for that matter, could eventually be the determining factor there. But could you bring us up to speed on the portal and, and to, excuse me, on the uh, scholarship crunch? I know there's, oh, there's, Literally, I cannot remember a day in this time at Bucknuss for the last 12, 13 years. We haven't been like, oh, my God, they're going to get under the number. And somehow they always get under the number. Yeah, it was kind of crazy this past weekend. Caleb Brown was uh, one of the entrants into the transfer portal. And, <coughs> excuse me, wide receiver, uh, second-year guy. I think a sophomore played enough last year that he would mm -hmm. be a sophomore. And he's in the portal now, and he had a really good spring, in my opinion. And he and Brian Hartline, you know, Brian Hartline was pushing him to the moon, it seemed like. But uh, the opportunity to, to, to play in the slot just uh, doesn't seem like right now it's going to be there. So, uh, you know, I look at it that uh, – uh, He's a guy that could go start somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. He could go start somewhere at a Power 5 school. And he's not going to start here. No, that that's, that's at least not this year. So, yeah, I think uh, – that was a surprise. There's still two spots over and people are like, well, the transfer portal window is closed. But honestly, if guys are, um, 
<clears throat> graduate transfers, they can leave and have immediate eligibility at any time. So I think what you're going to see is a couple of guys get their degree from Ohio State when the uh, the uh, semester ends up and then quietly, uh, uh, you know, enter the portal as graduate transfers and have immediate eligibility somewhere else if they want to continue to play. So I think that's that will be the plan to get this under 80 or to get it down to 85 and for those guys to be able to play elsewhere if they want. Or some people are in for some really rude awakenings, I think, coming up, and we'll have to uh, serve a year of residence somewhere else if they want to continue to play. So uh, one or the other. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to happen. You know, it's, it's just a matter of time. I think they call those come-to-Jesus meetings. But they never really in those meetings say you have to leave. And I think they've been surprised that a few guys have said, no, I'll stick it out. Uh, it's changed now. You know, you can get – listen – being an Ohio State football, I always tell this story about being an Ohio State football player. It's pretty good life, okay? Um, my friend once sent me a picture of J.K. Dobbins walking across center campus on a sunny day in a tank top, and the on the caption was, "Do you think he struggles socially?" Uh, no, probably <laughs> not. So, listen to say, I mean, a responsible, mature twenty-one-year-old can look around and be like, "This is way better than going to play for uh, you know Rapid City." So uh, I, I think we're going to have an issue with that going forward. I'm not even kidding. Once you get in the closed doors of Ohio State, I mean, I went to the foundation. It's good to be a Buckeye people, okay? Um, it's a good life. So they may have trouble with those come-to-Jesus meetings, and guys may be uh, – I don't know what they're going to do at that point, but they'll get to 85 is kind of the point. They always do. Let's, mm -hmm. talk, let's actually take a quick break here at the 12-minute uh, mark, and then we're going to go over the 24-7 spring rankings. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. After the draft and after uh, Transfer Portal closes, you know. You get draft grades. Somehow people grade the draft one day after that no one's played a game yet, which to me are the, is the most – I read it all, I mind, mind you, but it's the worst content you'll ever read for accuracy. Let's go over the 24-7 top 10. I'll go 10 to 1, and then you can comment where you see fit. Number 10, Clemson. Number 9, Texas. Number 8, Penn State. Number 7, USC. Number six, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Wow, let's let's just pause there for a second. First say. of all, first of all, Texas. I mean, 
you know, it's become a running joke. You know, they you, you can't lose five games until you lose that fourth game. You know, it's like they, they just find a way every year to end up at 500. And it's like, you know, and get into a bowl game, you know, seven and six, they end up whatever. Every year. It's not just this year, last year, the year before. It's like every year people put them in the top ten. And by the end of the year, you look up and, oh, they've lost five games again. You know, it's just – I. It, you know, it's like death and taxes, and they think it's going to get any better going to the SEC. It's going oh, to get worse. It's going to they're going to be five and seven going to the yeah. SEC because they just don't have it. Uh, you know, maybe they've recruited a few people, and maybe Quinn Yours is going to have a good year. I see him. Uh, I'm doing a draft notebook right now, and he's mentioned in some first round uh, mocks for next year's draft. So whatever. You know, <clears throat> you want to burn a pick on that guy, that's fine. So, <clears throat> any rate, uh, yeah, Texas caught my eye there. Clemson clear down at number 10. Are they the highest-ranked ACC team at number 10? Yeah. It, it seems like they would be. That Boy, oh, boy, that's out of whack. Uh, man, the mighty have fallen there. And I think that's some NIL situations on a, a, a college in a small town. You know, yeah, it's, you know, national – national championship program, et cetera. But I just don't know. They got that NIL juice. So well, they're number 10, not with a bullet. They're heading the wrong way. If you, if you, if you look at their recent trend, I mean, they Clemson a few years ago was, it was, they, they were where Georgia is, you know what I'm saying? In terms yeah. of maybe not quite as strong, but they were mentioned with Ohio state and, and Alabama every year. And they're, and they're headed in the wrong way. You um, didn't mention uh, Notre Dame and they're number 11. And, you know, lose to Marshall last year and then have a, a great comeback, you know, after that uh, to finish the year. But uh, I like the quarterback, man. Sam Hartman is a stud. That makes me nervous. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. Penn State. Eight, He's not Tyler Buckner. Yeah. Yeah. USC, Penn State, they seem to be good. But Alabama at six. I mean, have, oh, has man. Alabama been number six other than that one year they got relegated to the the Capital One Bowl or whatever it is, the Citrus Bowl in Orlando, mm -hmm. uh, they had one bad year. Um, you know, they're usually in the top four or five uh, every year. Uh, I'll believe, you know, I guess quarterback's the issue there. They're still uh, – they took Buckner. So, you know, we'll see if he ends up being their starter. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll press play. You could continue from there. But Alabama at six is jarring. That just jars the senses to see that. That's crazy. The only argument for that – would be they brought in Tyler Buckner uh, after the spring game when their two uh, incumbents struggled and they're replacing both coordinators, which Alabama tends to be a rite of passage, but still that's a hard trick to, you know, Tommy Reese is not Bill O'Brien now. Come on. Oh. Uh, so, and here's, a, let's, we move on. Number five, we want to talk about another team that gets, I don't believe this till I see it. Florida state. Uh, yeah, Sammy Smith and Charlie Ward are not walking through that door. Okay, no. it's not 1988. Um, no. I, I got to see that one to believe it, man. No, number four LSU. I guess I will say I think Brian Kelly's a pretty good coach, and I think their quarterback's coming back, which is helpful. And LSU's already always loaded with talent. But number three, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Number two, Michigan. Number one, Georgia. Your thoughts? Well, uh, 
Yeah, agree on Florida State. Same as Texas. Put them in the you exactly. Know, you're going to have to show me first. Are you, you hey, you can fool me and and sneak into the top five. You know, and I'll be just fine with that. Thank right. you. Yeah, I'm not going to put you there. I so, yeah, I got to see that first. Uh, with uh, let's see who was four here. Uh, LSU man, they had a really nice year last year. They did get whacked around a little bit in one of their losses, as I recall, uh, upset Alabama to which every, you know, surprised everybody, um, man, um, Kelly, uh, hard guy to root for. I got to tell you yes. that, uh, you know, Boy, hard, he, is, he is a grating dude, man. Yeah, and I, he I, is. I think he's a good coach. I was out on him years ago. Cincinnati had just won a game at Pittsburgh to go 12 and 0 and like, you know, the debate was, you know, can you put him in the championship game or whatever? And and he's like, well, you know, we're waiting on a process here that's going to come down in the next few days, you know, about the, the Notre Dame job. And I'm just like, dude, that was not the time and the place uh, to uh, to be talking about some process at a school far, far away. So your team's 12 and 0, you know, God, good Lord, you know. I don't, I don't get that, but uh, not, not, not a, not a coach where your feet are type guy. Let's just he put wakes it up that. cranky. That guy, you know, yeah. what I mean? he wakes up cranky. Yeah. Michigan ahead of Ohio state is uh, obviously they beat him two years in a row in the game this year's at Michigan and uh, Michigan has its quarterback and outstanding running back Blake Corum. I think they will be 11 and zero, and I think Ohio state will probably be 11. I mean, could Penn state knock off one of them? I mean, Michigan has to play at Penn State, so it's entirely possible Michigan could lose at Penn State. But even that, if they come home and beat Ohio State and, you know, forge this three-way tie at 11-1, and one, man, who who goes to the uh, the championship game? We're already, you know, trying to conjure that idea in our mind. But, uh, yeah, we'll get to that in the, in the days and months ahead, trying to, to, to you know, split between those two. It, it's hard to say. And then Georgia at number one. You know, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Uh, Stetson Bennett's not there anymore. They've lost so many top draft picks off that team, but uh, still Georgia number one. We'll see what kind of offense they put together. I mean, they lost a lot of firepower off that team. I tell you what, I would like to see now Georgia, the reason they are where they are, the state of Georgia is producing talent at a rate almost never seen before for its size. If you go look at it, I mean, it's not just the Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields of the world. Every couple of years, it's just it's out of control. And I've said this. If you look at the all-county team in Gwinnett County, it looks like uh, the McDonald's All-American team. Um, Ohio State benefited from getting defensive player of the year in Caden McDonald, but it's like Julian Sand and, you know, mm-hmm. Josh Downs, Caleb Downs and Justice Haynes, all in one, in one county. Yeah. County. Mike Lobo is back there as the offensive coordinator and uh, for Todd Monken. And, uh, you know, Mike, Georgia guy had a chance to be a head coach and it didn't work out. So uh, if it means, you know, more to him than probably anybody there. So uh, that's that I think I take that as a good sign for Georgia that he's got that job and, uh, you know, potentially the head coach in waiting, I would think. Georgia, however, has, I guess, Jake Fromm, but they've really – Never won it with a super high-profile quarterback. Uh, so I'm hoping that's their bugaboo because they do have to replace Stetson Bennett. And while 
he wasn't large in stature. He does leave a pretty big hole in the program there, given what he produced. So no doubt, no doubt. Let's see what they can do at quarterback. Uh, that's one spot I think everyone should be. I don't know about uh, more than the benefit of the doubt at Ohio State that uh, the ability to produce quarterbacks consistently makes them a solid betting uh, source going forward. No doubt. Georgia has not shown they can do that yet. Now, I'm not saying they can't, but Stetson Bennett was not, what was he, a fifth-round draft pick and a little bit of a reach at that, maybe the fourth round. Yeah. We shall see. All right. Uh, We're going to touch on some basketball here. Sonny Johnson is not – Sonny Johnson's the dad, right? And then yes. Sonny Johnson and, and the brother, the, brother, the younger, younger Sonny Johnson is at Detroit. Okay, as the, the Marcus Johnson, who was just offered, who was yes. the cousin of Michi Johnson. Yes. He's worked that all out for us and bring us up to speed with the most recent offer. Yes. Michi Johnson was the, the star a couple of years ago out of Garfield Heights. And then of course he went to a prep school for a year and then Ohio state convinced him to graduate. He had gone back to Garfield Heights for his senior year, but never got to play. Mm-hmm. But he was coming off a knee injury in Ohio State because they were thin in the guard positions. They had an injury there with one of those transfer guards prior to the season. Michi was committed the following year. He would have been a freshman this past year, and uh, they convinced him to uh, to come in a year early, or actually two years ago. They convinced him to come in a year early. So he spent two years at Ohio State, transferred out, went to South Carolina, never really got into a – flow at Ohio State just just seemed like a, a you know a fish out of water it seemed at times at Ohio State and a lot of that was coming back off that knee injury where he'd had like 18 months of inactivity so uh so now here comes his cousin Marcus who averaged 20 points a game as a freshman at Garfield Heights was his league's player of the year and all Ohio first team division one pick he has lit it up the last two weekends on the Nike uh 15-year-old circuit and uh, playing really well in those games, hitting about 45% of his threes. And Ohio State uh, with Chris Holtman, Jake Diebler out on the road watching him play. They came back to Columbus and put their heads together and said, we got to offer this kid. So last night about 6 o'clock, Sonny Johnson, the dad, who's also the coach at Garfield Heights, put out the tweet that his son had gotten the uh, the offer. And let me just tell you, there is no uh, dis- discontent, uh, at least with that faction of the Johnson family, with Ohio State. So they are very much enamored uh, with the idea that uh, Marcus would play his college basketball at Ohio State. And he told me, we have an interview on the site, that uh, Michi really didn't have anything bad to say about Ohio State, at least to him. So uh, that's what he told me publicly. So uh, I take that at uh, face value. Alabama, LSU, Cincinnati, uh, Georgia Tech, and some others have offered him, and many, many others are going to offer him. Mm. West Virginia, Huggy Bear was in on him early. So, uh, yeah, this is a kid to keep an eye on. Uh, and I'll be going out to Fort Wayne uh, this weekend for the Hensley run and slam there in Fort Wayne and his team, Indy Heat, will be the host team in the 15 uh, bracket. And I'll hopefully get a chance to see him play this weekend. So him and a lot of other top prospects in action this weekend. Yeah. Uh, the Bill Hensley run and slam at Spies Fieldhouse in Fort Wayne. It's basically the Midwest uh, pseudo championship. Because 
it's an off weekend for the shoe circuits, and it's one of the few tournaments that attracts the top shoe circuit teams. Yep. So if you go to Speech this weekend, first of all, get there early and be ready to park in a satellite lot. Secondly, it will be about the best prep basketball you can see in the Midwest all summer. And it's cool because you get now there's a tour for every shoe. Friggin' New Balance has a tour. Mm-hmm. So uh, Adidas, New Balance, Nike, uh, you know, Under Armour, Joseph A. Banks, and uh, Johnson and Murphy tour. They'll all be there. Kids. Yeah, and also to, to comment, we comment on, on uh, three Johnsons here. There is no question that Marcus is the leader of the pack when it comes to a prospect. He's ranked number 16 in the country by ESPN. Michi was never ranked. Michi was in the top 50 before he got hurt, and then after the injury, just never, you know, I mean, he was probably like 120 when OSU took him. So, you know, and and honestly, that's the level he played at for the first year and a half. It, it just really struggled. Mm. He had a really good year this past year at South Carolina. He's the ball. Yeah, getting healthy. That's good he to see. He needs the ball, too. I mean, if you ever yeah. watch Michi play in high school, he would throw up 50 in a game. Uh, the assist total would not be 50. So let's just put it that way. Uh, this obviously brings up the final question. Uh, what does this mean about Barani? Oh. Nothing exactly, but we're just using it as a segue. It is so hard to get a read. What I heard was a week ago that Diebler and Holtman had another phone you know, Zoom call with LeBron and Bronny. And at that time, the door was still open and they have a scholarship available because Tanner Holden has left. And if Bryce Sensabaugh doesn't come back, which I don't feel he will, uh, there is a scholarship available. They'll either fill it with Bronny James or potentially a grad transfer. There may have been a Penn State guard, uh, Mahaffey, who may have made a visit or was contemplating a visit, uh, could be in the works. Uh, maybe is the backup plan if Bronny doesn't take it. So God only knows when Bronny's going to decide. I mean, by all rights, there's no deadline he has to sign by. He could just show up on June 10th and enroll for the summer semester and start workouts and be a Buckeye. So uh, this, I would think within the next five weeks, we'll know uh, because they want him in here for, and he would want to come in, I would think for summer semester to start intensive workouts for his freshman year with his future college team or stay in California and show up in August. Hell if I know, but uh, at any rate, uh, what, you, what you, the news that's there is very sparse. Let's just say that. I think the best answer you gave there was hell if I know. That's what hell I, if I know. And if you knew, Five minutes from now, it could change. You well, know? and Braun being in the playoffs, you know, another series probably pushes this out, you know, because he, you know, he, you know, that that that's their focus right now is that series. And, you know, that's that's what they're worried about. So as for Bryce Sensabaugh, I was at the foundation uh, gathering last week and Chris Holden uh, used him as one of their players in the NBA in terms of their alumni. So that's a fair and he, he looked up and nodded. By the way, Bryce Sensabaugh, I saw him person. Man, that dude ain't 6'5". He's about 6'4". He better be able to shoot, man, because that's a he's a guard in the NBA. He's going to have to play some point, believe it or not. That's how – I'm serious. He's, he's, not, he's not as big as you think, man. Yeah. Go look at the NBA. Jeez. He's so, a little clunky, a little herky-jerky, but doggone if he get, get the job done every he now and then. now. He's got a man scoring game, but he's 
he defensively, he's going to learn what the term, he's going to hear what the term ISO means screen from across the court a lot. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Do we have anything else? I think we're good. Oh, Mahaffey, I believe that possible transfer is a Molar kid. Yeah. Uh, and Penn State's in upheaval, obviously, with the changeover and the loss of Brian Snow. Uh, yes, our guy, our man in Amsterdam. I think that's going to do it for Steve and I. We appreciate him stopping by and filling in for Steve Wiltfong. Had to dip into the salary cap again, but uh, have a good one, Buckmetters. Returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, new season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.